unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. with you. We are happy that you're with us today, either online or here in person. First-time visitors, please receive a welcome packet from the usher as you leave the sanctuary. Please join us after service in the social hall to enjoy refreshments and tasty treats provided by our fabulous hospitality team, including some gorgeous zucchini bread made by Michael Berry. This is a great time to meet and greet a new visitor and personally share time and fellowship with one another. As we continue the capital campaign, our new theme for the rest of the year is double the stakes, and our new goal is $100,000. We've now raised about 60,000, so we only need about 40,000 more to double the stakes and reach the new goal, which will help towards making the church handicapped accessible. Join us for our annual gong meditation on Wednesday, August 23rd at 7 p.m. Enjoy a deep sound therapy meditation with Christopher Davis from Sacred Wave Gong Immersions. His gong meditations are designed to enhance relaxation, insight, and creativity. This meditation is in-person only with a $20 suggested love offering. 
Reverend Kelly will be teaching a prosperity class on Tuesdays, beginning September 5th through October 24th from 6.30 to 8.45 p.m. In this eight-week class, study and practice prosperity principles from the viewpoint of Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore in order to cultivate perfect health and experience more love, wealth, peace, and a more fulfilling life. Sounds good to me. The required textbook for this class is Prosperity by Charles Fillmore, available at Amazon.com and Unity.org. To sign up for the class, email seniorministry at unityfh.com. Please join us for our annual World Day of Prayer service on Wednesday, September 13th at 7 p.m., led by our prayer chaplains. Unity's theme this year is Heart of Healing. Let's all come together of one accord to radiate a collective heart of healing in reflection, meditation, and prayer for ourselves and the world. This special service will be in person and on YouTube. Reverend Victoria Hart is our prayer chaplain today and will be available to pray with you after service near the patio doors. Please exit the sanctuary immediately after service to allow a quiet space for prayer. You may also place prayer requests in the prayer box located on the table outside the sanctuary. You may email your prayer request to prayerchaplains at unityfh.com or call the UFH prayer request line at 248-702-0010. All requests are prayed over by the chaplains and then forwarded to Silent Unity for an additional 30 days of prayer. If you would like to receive a monthly prayer call from a prayer chaplain, please add your name to the wellness call list located on the podium outside the sanctuary. Oh, and I'm just looking out here and I see that Eileen has the prayer chaplain vest on. So she is our prayer chaplain and you can meet her in that back corner. Please visit unityfh.com, check out our Facebook page or read through the newsletter that is emailed every Friday to stay abreast of our activities and upcoming events. And now, as the music team sings, Surely the Presence, let us prepare our hearts and minds for our spiritual communion and the opening prayer. Jody said we're going to do our spiritual communion today. Um, we started earlier this year. Well, in January we started. And um, so the first Sunday of the month, I try to have us go into a spiritual communion to activate the power that represents that month. And for August, the power, the spiritual faculty of will, our freedom of choice, will be activating that this month for today. So I will go ahead and read a brief summary, and then I'll Begin with some questions, and you guys will respond by re, um, doing your part by response. So this is a call and response. 
The Lord's Supper has a place in the church of, our, of Christ. Our church observes it in spirit. It is the spirit that gives life and understanding. Symbols are useful to the extent that they serve to point us to the realities for which they stand. When understanding and realization of truth are attained, the symbols may no longer be necessary. And that is why we've moved into doing spiritual communion. So I'm going to begin, and then you guys will respond. Of what is the Lord's Supper a symbol? Bread represents the substance of spirit, the body of Christ. Wine represents the life of spirit, the blood of Christ. How are we transformed by the blood of Jesus? By accepting the life of Jesus as our own. The blood of Jesus is his life. He, he came to bring, you can keep going, yep, he can. <laughs> I came that they may have life and have it more. Yes. How did Jesus say that we should worship God? God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. How may we discern the Lord's body? How do we eat of his body and drink of his blood? Recognizing. I want you to stop for a minute. I want you to take that in. I want you to gently close your eyes. And I want you to know that by affirming the omnipresence of God's substance and life within you, that is how we eat of the body, of the substance. Take it in. Take a deep breath. This is spiritual. And because we are created spirit, when you commune in spirit, you activate that presence within you. And now let us go ahead and continue with the next affirmation. We claim union with substance and life. This is the true sacrament. Our bodies are vitalized and renewed when we partake of this sacrament. How may we prepare ourselves for communion with our Lord? We may prepare ourselves by affirming deeply with realization, my heart is right with God. My mind is lifted and quickened by the Holy Spirit. Close your eyes. Receive that again that your heart is right with God. Breathe in deeply that your mind is lifted and quickened by the Holy Spirit. Take another deep breath and breathe this in before we affirm our power of free will. All right, now let us affirm this affirmation together. My ability to choose, decide, command, lead and determine is aligned with Christ. And he took a bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Let's do this last part softly. I now partake 
of spiritual substance as I meditate within my heart and mind upon these words of Christ. So be quiet for a second. Meditate upon those words. That the body was given for you. Meaning the substance that we create from is yours. Breathe that in deeply. Take it in deeply. And now let us finish affirming. Together. I now realize that the Christ body is being formed in my consciousness. I radiate living substance. Every cell of my body is alive and aright with the glory of God. I choose my good based on spiritual understanding. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave to them, and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Let's affirm this piece softly too. And affirm it as if you know this is sacred. It's happening within you. Together, I now drink of the life of spirit, Christ, as I meditate upon spirit and the truth of his works within my heart and mind. Go ahead and meditate just a little bit, realizing that as you sit in the consciousness of Christ, God's works, the works of Christ, are activated within your heart and your mind. Take a deep breath and breathe that in. This is a spiritual activity that we're doing. And feel the power moving in you, just as a deep sense of peace. And as you feel this power, let's affirm the rest of this together. I feel the creative power of life more abundantly. I am the Christ, one with the living God. I am that I am. Say that two more times. I am that I am. One more time. I am that I am. And this last piece, we're going to affirm it together quietly as if we truly are consecrating and closing this with the power of God. Together. We consecrate ourselves through recognizing our purpose to bear witness to the truth to only, to speak truth, to hear truth, and to see truth to the best of our understanding and ability. In this way only can we do the healing work of the Christ dwelling in us. Thank you, God. Amen. Let that resonate just for a little bit. Let it settle in deeply, activating your power to choose your free will. And in your heart, let a feeling of gratitude and thanksgiving well up. Breathe it in deeply. Thank you, God, for my power to choose. Let that just resonate deeply. And we thank you, God. Amen.
50 years of age I'm still looking for a dream A war's already waged For my destiny But you've already won the battle And you've got great plans for me Perfection is my enemy and on my own I'm so clumsy But on your shoulders I can see I'm free to be me When I was just a girl Thought I had it figured out Said my life would turn out right Not make it here somehow saying it. We got the baddest band in unity. Because <laughs> I love, I love, I love our music. Don't y'all love our music? And it's a lot better when you're in person, I tell you. I mean, it's nice to see it, to hear it online, but it's some sweet business in person, too. <clears throat> okay. I, um, I'm really, really, uh, I'm going to let God do some deep, deep work today because God's been working on me with um, Matthew, I mean, not Matthew, Mark, 
So we've been dealing with these Gospels, the writers of the Gospels, and we're taught, we were talking about Mark last week, and as I was heading home, God said, we're going to do some more with Mark. And so today's title, the title of today's talk is Mark, A Call to Action. Because as I was sitting with God on this, I was realizing that there's a couple things in Mark, and even in Mark's life, that needed to be recognized even more deeply. And so today I'm going to go into that a little bit deeper. And as we look at Mark, one of the things that you'll see when you read the gospel of Mark that comes forth in Mark's life as well is that Mark portrays Jesus as um, a servant, having a servant's heart. And he is portrayed as the son of man, as the one who came to serve man. And in that when you look at Mark's story, Mark's story also represents service to, to God following Jesus, but also to man. And as I was looking at that, I was sitting deeply into what is ours that we are called to do. And we talked last week about love, that God told us through Jesus to love one another as Jesus loved us. But there's two things that are really deeply rooted in the way we love each other the way Jesus loved us, or love um, one another as I have loved you is what Jesus said, or, I'm listening, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as you do yourself. When you step into those two commandments, then you don't have to do anything else as far as focusing on the the other 10, because literally that focus of oneness in itself encompasses all of the others and the laws of the prophets that um, Jesus was talking about as well. So last week I mentioned that Mark grew up in a household that was rich. He was very, he had um, prosperity, and they even had a maid, which you didn't have back then in first century Judaism. So those, of the, those who had maids were, were considered rich. And also mentioned that John Mark's house was used for the disciples to pray at. One of the things that we see in Acts chapter 13, well, let's see, is it? No, it's Acts chapter, let me find it. Because it's important to look at this because this is where we see that I don't have the scripture. Let me find it. It's in Acts where Jesus, where Peter is arrested. I think it's Acts 11. Peter is arrested. And what happens is he ends up in jail. Herod and Tepes arrest him. He ends up in jail, and he's sitting there praying. And the rest of the disciples are at John Mark's house praying as well. And as, as Peter's sitting there praying, and Peter represents your faith. And when you're in, in, in the story of him being locked in the jail and shackled, and he's sitting there praying, is releasing yourself from all the doubts that, make you, that, that are blocking you from going forward in what is yours to do. And so an angel comes and frees Peter, and Peter ends up at the home of John Mark where they're gathering. It's in 12, 
chapter 12. He knocked on the door, and you see here where it says that Rhonda came and answered the door. This is where John Mark is. Now, he's a teenager, so he's been introduced to Jesus, and, and he's been introduced to the been around the disciples, and he's also said to have been one of the 70 disciples that was sent out, and only 12 really stayed with Jesus as far as following him. But what we were talking about last week is how when you fall away, the times that, that you, there are people there to hold you up and encourage you. And when Peter left Paul and Barnabas on their, when they were on their first missionary journey, Barnabas stayed with him. Barnabas encouraged him. Barnabas wanted him to come with them, he and Paul, on their second journey when Paul decided, was upset and said no. And it caused a rift between the two of friends. They were, two, they were pretty good friends. As a matter of fact, Paul and Barnabas are the ones who started Christianity. When you read in Acts chapter 11, verse 26, it says that um, Barnabas went on, well, chapter 5 and 26, Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. They were good friends. They had separated and coming back together. And it says when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. That is the city that they were in before. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was in Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. So as we're reading the Gospels, this is after they've decided to be called Christians, but they're talking about Jesus' story and Jesus' life, who was Jewish. So Christianity was birthed from Judaism. Do you guys see that? In our lives, there are phases that we go through where we, we are called to go forward into action. Mark's life shows action, but in, the, in, his, in his story about Jesus, he shows action too. And it's because he is writing this for the Romans, and it's because he was under Peter at the time, he was helping Peter, he was Peter's secretary, when Peter was in Rome and, and converting Roman Roman uh, soldiers and others into Christianity. This is deep to understand. This is deep to get. Because when you look through Mark, it has nothing in there about the Jewish um, lineage or anything like that because he's talking to a Roman audience. And Romans were about action. Romans were about power. Romans were about their kingdom. So here... When you look at Mark's life, there's two things that I see in here that are deep for me. One of them was the forgiveness that Paul gave Mark. The other one was the service that, that Mark gave to Paul, to Peter, and then on his own, in his own life when he started the church of Christian, the Christian church in Alexandria. What that tells me is that for us to move into our call to action, to be love in action, to be the expression of love always, to radiate and be nothing but the experience of oneness in love, is that there's two things that matter that cleared away. The first one is forgiveness. We're called to forgive. We're called to put forgiveness in action. And to the point that we have a consciousness that never needs to forgive. That we've released judgment on all levels of our consciousness. In Matthew chapter 5, 
Verse 23. I'm going to go to chapter 5. Verse 23 and 24. Jesus says, So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and, recon and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer the sacrifice. It's interesting, he says, if you find that someone has something against you, but it's not just if someone has something against you. It's if you have something against someone else as well. But I don't know about you. It has been easier for me to forgive than to ask for forgiveness. That's a deep peace that, that Mark must have done in order to step into service with Paul. Because that was a big rift. He was really offended. Paul was really offended when Mark left them high and dry on their first mission. Is it easier for you to forgive or is it easier for you to ask for forgiveness? Like for real. In human condition, in the way we're created, it is often easier to be the forgiver than to be the one to ask for forgiveness. And there's a lot of things there in that space that keep us. Some of it may be I don't think I should be forgiven because what I did was right. Like there's a judgment there. They shouldn't have did what they did and I wouldn't have done what I did. There's a judgment there. Sometimes it's self-judgment. For with me, the main thing that has worked, that's caused me to have a difficult time to ask for forgiveness is my self-worth. I told you guys a couple weeks ago that as I grew up, my father did mention that when you do something wrong, that you do get punished. I was little when I heard that. But I took it so seriously, and I can still feel twinges of it now, and I'm 55. That it's hard for me to let go of something, and especially if I think I did something wrong towards somebody or hurt somebody's feelings or something. It's like I can't let myself off the hook. So I don't have it in me to call, come to you and ask you for forgiveness that you take me off the hook. It's like I want to stay there and punish myself because I feel like I deserve that punishment. And I said a couple weeks ago that I had to go inside myself with the way I was with my daughter and ask myself, do I want to be forgiven? Like, do you really want to be forgiven? And sometimes we don't. But in order to step into being love in action, which is the call that we are called to do, you have to be able to walk into forgiveness easily whether you're the one forgiving or the one asking for forgiveness. And you have to be the one to ask for forgiveness because that's the only way to reconcile yourself with another person is to ask. I heard one, someone say, you, can't, you won't G-E-T unless you A-S-K. The kicker is we're already forgiven in the eyes of God. But as long as you, using your free will, hold yourself on the hook, you won't demonstrate it in the, in the eyes of yourself or the world because you have choice on how that is give, demonstrated in you. You think the thing, you choose the thing, God does the thing. Do you get that? 
So if you choose for forgiveness and you choose to ask for forgiveness and with a sincere heart, because sometimes we'll ask, we'll get forgiven, and we'll revisit that and put ourselves back on the cross, put ourselves back in judgment, or someone else, we'll forgive them, then rethink it again and start judging them again and put them back on the cross. But the best act of service to anyone is to step in a state of releasing all judgments on everyone, especially yourself. Because if you walk in self-judgment, you see others through your own filtered eyes. And as you judge yourself, as you do unto yourself, you will be doing unto others. Does that make sense? Like for real. This is something that's deep for us because in Mark, it is shown. He was forgiven by Paul. And as he was forgiven by Paul, it opened him up to be of greater service to Paul. If you hold something on your heart, no one can really be of true service to you. And if you hold something on your own heart about yourself, you can't be of service to anyone else. This may be a little touchy to some people, but I feel led to share it, and it's with me too. When my mother passed away, my father and I would meet for several years, and it's interesting how God set it up that way. And my father said that he'd go over things that he did wrong, that he messed up on, and that he didn't have the opportunity to correct. And he kept putting himself through that over and over again. And then he got to a point where he just shortened it. Like he said, okay, I'll let myself do this for about five minutes, because it took a minute for him to get out of that self-judgment. And then he'd do it for about five minutes, and then I'd come over, he's like, yep, I had a friend moment again. That's what he would call it, a friend moment. And then eventually, he went ahead and released himself. And it's interesting because my mother was so grateful for that marriage, even with the ups and downs. She said that that caused the contrast to make the characteristics of the love even more powerful, to make the moments of forgiveness even more sweet, to make the moments of release and releasing self-judgment even more, more potent to you. And she also held on to self-judgment, which is, I get it from both of them. But when she was in hospice, and this is palpable and deep for me, because for the first 17 days of August was when she was in hospice. And it's interesting because during that time, I could see her reconciling. She would be talking to herself. She would be praying. And every day her face got even more peaceful. I knew she was releasing. You couldn't really hear what she was saying because she was in and out of a, like a coma state. But I could see, I could, I could hear it as she was praying. It's like an energy you can feel. And on the last day, it was this deep sense of peace. And Michael, there's something you said during... Roxanne's celebration of life that hit me hard. And, and, and it was something my dad said, too, at my mom's celebration of life. Take the moment now and live right now. If you ha spend time with each other. Take that time to spend with each other. Take it now. And, and then my father said, those moments you need to forgive, do it now, because in this now moment is the only moment you have that will be that moment. You cannot live this moment again. And I say, if there's anything you need to say to someone, say it now. Call yourself into action to say it now. 
If there's anything that you're meant to be doing, that you're called to do in life, go ahead and accept that call to action and start doing it now. Take yourself off the hook of unfulfilled expression and step into being fully self-fulfilled by doing what you're called to do. One of the things that we are called to do is to work on what came to us when we did the white stone ceremony. Do you all remember when we did the white stone ceremony, those of you who were here? And if you, don't, if you weren't here and you don't understand what it is, what we do is we go into meditation and we sit in a deep sense of peace with God. And we let it come to our mind what we're working on for this year. And we write it on our stone. And that becomes your new name for this year because that's the new nature you're walking into. That's the new nature you're manifesting. That is your call to action to make it an expression in your life. For me, mine was courage, being courageous, and self-expressed. Having the courage to express. And the biggest things for me, and I don't know about y'all, I won't say confronting someone, but sharing my truth with someone who might have hurt my feelings. That, and I don't want to confront, you do, do, do. No, I heal it in me because most of the time I'm sitting there in judgment. What did I do to let that person do that to me or whatever? So healing that within myself to release and take myself off the hook, forgiveness, Charles Fillmore says, who's the co-founder of Unity, he said it is giving love. Let me, let me read what he said. I, didn't, I forgot to bring his book when I brought, got the Bible. He says forgiveness is a process of giving up the false for the true, erasing sin and error from the mind and body. It is closely related to repentance. Forgiveness is a deep state of repentance and it's a deep state of service because you're giving love in place of what you interpreted falsely, in place of the judgment and expectations that we put on other people. And when you step, so it's still a form of love. And when you step into that, you become the action of love that you're meant to be. Love is not just a word, it's a verb, it's an action. It's a sense of oneness, but it's being oneness with other people. It's not just affirming, oh, God is the all, and I'm present with God, and I'm one with God, and I'm one with all people. That's the easy part, affirming that you're one with all people, acknowledging you're one with all people, but then somebody does something and you ju judge them. You're not demonstrating oneness. We're being called to forgiveness and serve, and like I said, forgiveness is the greatest form of service. I was reading about this guy who became a minister and he brought his family into ministry with him. And then he somehow got caught up in something. His son says that he got thrown for a loop by Satan. And all that means is that something happened in your life that you interpreted the wrong way and you acted out of that and it blocked you from being the expression. So he walked away from ministry, this, this father, for about 17 years. And the son said he was judging his father for that. He brought him into ministry and then just dropped me like a hot potato. You bring the family in, then left the mother and the family, and the ministry, wandering around for 17 years. Now that's interesting right there. 
because you got forgiveness on the family side, but then the father, who was the minister, still had to step into self-forgiveness also to come back. And after 17 years, he did come back. And when he came back, he had already been forgiven by his family and his son. A lot of times, we are already forgiven. Matter of fact, by God, you're always already, always already forgiven because in the consciousness of God and the consciousness of Christ, there is no sin. It's just missing the mark. There's no judgment in the missing the mark in the eyes of God. It just is what it is. We put the judgment on it that is good or bad. Do you see that? So when the father came back, his ministry was even more powerful. His service to others was even more powerful. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to take a deep breath and put your hand over your heart. Would you feel your heart beating? I want you to recognize that your heart is beating for you by the presence of God. That God is beating your heart for you. You don't have control. You may have control over slowing it down, but you don't have control right now over whether it beats or not. That's God's choice. You had no control over waking up this morning. That's God's choice. Feel your heart. With every beat is an expression of love from the presence in you, from the power of God in you. And every time you judge, you decrease the power that pumps through your heart. I want you to affirm, I receive the power of God's love together. I receive the power of God's love. And I want you to just go inside and think of anyone you need to forgive. Realizing that you, it's important for us to forgive ourselves first because we put a judgment on them. Otherwise, there will be no need for forgiveness. This isn't a bad thing. It just is what it is. And I want you to affirm, I receive your forgiveness, God, for the judgment I placed on this person. Please forgive me. I forgive myself. Now breathe it in deeply and feel that heart pumping love to transmute the way you saw it and to bring you to a higher expression of love and acceptance. Some people call it total, some people call it unconditional love. I call it total acceptance love. I stand in total acceptance love. Together, I stand in total acceptance love. See that person's face before you as your eyes are closed. And affirm, I forgive you. Let's say that together. I forgive you. Even if you don't feel it, say it anyway. I forgive you, for you knew not what you did. Breathe that in deeply. If your heart doesn't feel it, it's okay. You're accepting the call to action to accept it. Keep your eyes closed and just feel love radiating inside of you. Be that expression of love you're called to be.
Bible says that we are called to love those who have sinned against us, trespassed against us, to pray for them, to forgive them, and to be kind to them. That is not easy. You can open your eyes. That is not always easy. But sometimes I've seen it for me that it is even less, is even harder when that person is me. This is really deep before we move forward because we're in the power of will. The first disciple we talked about who was the writer of the first gospel, Matthew, represents our will. Will and spiritual understanding work together. Until you step into a true understanding and experience of love through forgiveness, you're not free to step into service to others. That's what Mark's life calls us to do, to love each other deeply, releasing all judgments on ourselves and others, and to be of service to another person. Even if the service is just saying, I forgive you, or praying for someone. The power from your prayer is more powerful than any action you can do physically. Do you guys get that? You are spirit. I am spirit together. I am spirit. And you are created to worship God in spirit. The greatest worship is when you love each other as God loves us. When you become that action of love. And when you become that action of love and you share that with another person, however you felt led to share it, that is you serving the other person. I call us all, I challenge us all, to be of service to someone who we may not feel comfortable being service to. It's easy to do it for people who we know and we care about, who are in the same circles as us. But just as the disciples went out to reach those who were Gentiles, meaning they were not of the Jewish tradition, the Jewish religion, they went out and shared that love anyway, and then turned it into Christianity and went out and shared that Christ consciousness, which is the deeper expression of Judaism, is oneness, is being one. It's in every religion, is the oneness, that you are one with God, that you are called to love, that you are called to serve. That's in every religion. That is a universal truth. And you all are walking expressions of universal truth. Are you living as, as if you are? So the call to action is which unity principle? Fifth one. That it is not to, enough to what? Know the truth. You must live, it is up there if you don't know. You must live the truth that you know. When you live the truth that you know, you're stepping into the call to action. God is calling us all to come into action. Last week, we talked about what is yours to do. Even if you're retired, there's still a purpose called on your life. There's still something you're called to do. And I know some people who retired and worked more than they did when they were working. 
I'm talking to Sue. You said you don't want to retire yet, Ms. Doris. When it, is lit, when it is done in the pure consciousness of love, you're the highest light and highest vibration walking. We have several people, we have a lot of people, more than several people, who serve here. We have our music team. Let's give them a hand. We have our garden team. Let's give them a hand. We have our hospitality team. And I'm looking forward to what they got downstairs. We have our greeters and our ushers. Let's give them a hand. We have our stewards who gather up and count up the money and make sure all that's straight. We have our board that's part of the leadership that helps me and guides me and works with me to run this church. Let's give them a hand. And we have our prayer chaplains. It is a ministry in its own as well. That, and, the, and the prayer chaplains stand out there. And it's so powerful how prayer can move you. Because Roxanne wanted to learn prayer just for herself so she can go into a deeper understanding of prayer. But because she was so enlightened by it and so awake with wanting to help, she had a servant's heart, still has a servant's heart, she, became, she went ahead and prayed with others as well. So we have our prayer chaplain ministry as well. And the, did we give y'all a clap yet? The prayer chaplains. <laughs> and then now we're opening up. Uh, Lynette Kelly and I are working on a health and wellness ministry, and that's going to be a volunteer. So any of you who have your gifts and talents, your modalities, your ways of helping to cultivate and serve us in a way that moves in the mind, the body, and the spirit beyond what I do, which is an integrative, not an alternative, Lynette got me straight, it's an integrative modality to help. We're here to serve somehow. I invite you, if you haven't already, to find a way to serve here. Charity begins at home. Oh, oh, let's give the health and wellness ministry. Get it going. I might as well mention this now, too, and then we'll close it out. There are a couple people who mentioned, uh, men, as a matter of fact, <clears throat> who mentioned about starting a fund for people who, need, who may need help in our church. We call it the Angel Fund. There's two men from the men's group who offered that idea. And you guys have been giving to that. We are now at up to $11,000 in that Angel Fund. That's some sweet business. Yeah, we can. Because you guys opened your heart up to be an expression of service, to share what you have for others. But I want us to move past the financial and the physical. I want us to move into the heart space, and I want us to move into the oneness space, and I want us to move into being powerful expressions of that action of love. The reason I put, brought up the angel fund it's because we're at a, we've taken it off of the drop-down because we, we're pretty much uh, set right now to help people. We've been able to help, we've been able to use it twice to, to help people. And I'm excited about having that there. If you ever need help, 
please come and ask me. We will do our best to see what we can do to get you set up. But I don't want to just be a financial help community. I want to be like we're doing, a love community. Amen? Amen. I want to be walking expressions of love in action, like for real, for real. So I'm going to keep challenging y'all to talk with people who you may be acquainted to and may not know, know very well in this spiritual community. Get to know each other very well. Find something you have in common with each other. That commonness shows the oneness in all of us. Whether you're the same skin color or not, there's something you have inside of you that is one with each other. You get that, don't you? And the greatest thing you have is the presence of God. The greatest thing you have is the presence of God. So now, since we're set with the angel fund, I was going to say this at the loving, when we did our love, uh, love offering blessing, but I'm just going to say it now. <clears throat> Thank you for reminding me, Faith. If you want to give a little extra, go ahead and give it to the general fund so that we can keep, our, our, keep ourselves about God's work and God's business in this church. Does that make sense to everybody? Yes. Let's close our eyes again. Take a deep breath. Let it come to you where you are called to do something extra toward another person as service, to speak, to bless, to forgive, to spend time with whatever it is that you feel. Breathe it in deeply that you have the power to do it. You have the ability to choose to do it. And most of all, you have the ability to choose to be God's expression in doing it. <coughs> this is the only way we can move forward as a human race of the consciousness of love, is to be love in action. So I want you to affirm with me, I am love in action. Together, I am love in action. Say it louder. I am love in action. Say it like you mean it. I am love in action. I am that I am. I'm that love that I am, and I am the action of God's love. God, let me be your hands and feet, and let me share with my heart your love to others. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. Thank you.
but we got the, the musicians who are powerful too. Yeah. And that's father and son musicians singing, playing together. Woo! I love it, I love it, I love it. Let's go ahead and gently close your eyes and bring to mind what you feel led to give for a love offering for today. Stepping into the freedom that we released ourselves from by any shackles of judgment, we are free indeed in the consciousness of infinite expression and prosperity and abundance in every area of our life. So breathe that in deeply. Let it come to you what you feel led to give for a love offering. And let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. We're going to have to change that purposely, I mean per, uh, permanently, because it should have said all that I am, all that I have, all that I give and I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. Let's stand up so we can do our prayer for protection and our peace song. Stepping into the freedom of our expression of action, love action. Oh, take a deep breath. We're affirming this for everybody, those who have done something to us, those who have not. We're affirming this to everybody. Together, the light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. 
Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.